You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 208. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 208. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. All right, Mr. Smith, let's All do right. this. All right, <laughs> let's knuckle down. We've been having a very heated conversation <laughs> about... Way too much fun in here. ...about our pet ownership, and yeah. Mr. Smith has threatened me... I have. ...with a potential beard shave... That's right. ...if I don't cut the dog's hair in the way in which he wants them If pet. you cut them short, I cut my beard short. <laughs> That's what he's saying. That's... Which I feel like is a little hostile. Like it's an a, ultimatum. It's a it huge is. threat that's happening here. It's an ultimatum. Okay. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> How about we don't bore our podcast members with this nonsense? I know. That's true. That's true. So thank you guys for being here. My God, that was such a tangent. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Right off the bat tangent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So today we're going to be talking about dealing with control issues. Speaking of... <laughs> speaking How poignant. Of, I know. How much I want to control the... We both want to control the dog's haircuts, we apparently. Do. You're right. But, all right. I'm not willing to lose your beard, so I will cut them the way you want them. I've Have them ever... cut. I don't do oh, it. Oh, don't test me. Oh, do... I know. He's been threatening <laughs> up a storm. It's I'm not quite sure who I'm dealing with. <laughs> but we will be digging into control issues, and I have a handful of things that I think will be really helpful for you if... You find yourself in situations where maybe you don't identify as being a control freak necessarily. However, everybody else in your world doesn't do things right. Oh, if that's if that's mm. the conversation that's happening in your head, there's a chance that you are a little bit controlling about how things have to be. If your subordinates never do anything right, your boss never does anything right, your husband, your best friends, you know, if all these people in your life just don't quite do things right, there's a chance you have a death grip on control. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll talk about that a lot. But I think it's time for a little. Would you rather? Oh, it is, is it? It sure is. Well, here it is. Okay. Today's would you rather is... Would you rather have to read all 56 pages of the iTunes, iTunes, <laughs> iTunes, the iTunes terms and conditions every day okay. for the rest of your life? Okay. Or have all music sound like the It's a Small World theme? Oh, man. So um... every day you'd have to read 56 pages of terms and conditions. Is it really 56 pages? Yes, it's 56 pages. I counted. No, you didn't. I did like, count. You did not. Yes, I did. Did you I really? I actually did. Wow. Because I, I saw this mad. one and I was like, <laughs> I wonder if it's 56 pages. So I went to look. It's 56 pages. <laughs> Way to do your due diligence. Yeah. It'll I, be more by the time they're done, I'm sure. With each new... Edition. Yeah, yeah, iOS or whatever. Each new term and condition. 
I think I would pick that one, though. I think I would read because I can't even imagine all music forever for the rest of my life sounded like it's a small world. That would be so shitty. That'd be shitty. I'd rather have a chunk like, of my day. It'd be like dubstepping and you're like... Or you're trying to watch. Club. You're trying to watch something like "So You Think You Can Dance," and it's like the same song over oh, and over again. Man, that'd be rough. No, I can't do that. And and I also think like after a certain amount of time, I would kind of memorize the terms. And I would conditions. learn how to speed read real quick. Yeah, yeah. I think I is that what you would pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because music is a part of my life. I mean, I love music. I just think about like <laughs> you go to a wedding, somebody's walking down the aisle and it's like, it's a small world, you know, like every single thing you're shopping in Trader Joe's. It's a small world. You're at Chippendales. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So we would love to hear what you would rather. So if you want to come chat with me on Instagram, you can find me there under the handle at the joy junkie. That is typically where I converse with listeners and and stuff like that. So just find the latest meme for this particular podcast episode and throw into the comments what you would rather iTunes terms and conditions reading or Or, I already forgot. You already forgot. It's it's a small world. It's a small world. Jeez. Sorry. Oh my god. She's drunk off kombucha. I'm drunk off kombucha. Shit hippies say. <laughs> I I have I've been drinking kombucha and it's just it's doing a number on me. Yeah, apparently. Anyway, let's talk about dealing with control issues. Let's do it. This is one of those things that I did not even realize that I had such a death grip on controlling situations until I was in coaching school and I was being coached. We had these different like little triads where two of us would coach each other and then one would kind of observe for feedback. And so I was being coached by this guy in my class and I walked away going like, oh my God, I have control issues. So Mm. the reason I share that is because I think that there's things that we have set up a certain criteria for ourselves about how things have to be or should be or supposed to be. And we don't even realize that that has been created by us. We've made those rules. And that was very much my case. I just thought, no, this is how things have to be. It was very black and white Uh, to me. So true, yeah. Until I realized, oh my God, a lot of that pain and suffering is self-inflicted. I think that there's also another piece of this, and this is kind of the first point that I really wanted to drive home for y'all, is that there are times when control really does serve you well, and then there's times when it is infringing on your happiness or your fulfillment. But knowing the difference is the key. It is. And that's also something that takes a while to untangle and takes a while to figure out. Because a lot of times in our minds, we think it has to be this specific way, right? The idea of countering that and saying, no, it doesn't have to be that way, or you can loosen the grip a little bit, especially if you're a high achiever, that feels like, what? No, 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 you can't do 80%. You have to do 110%, you know, and it, it can be even more anxiety inducing. I'll give you a couple of examples. If, for instance, you are having people over to your house and you don't even have the opportunity to 
enjoy or engage their company because you're so freaked out about cleaning up your kitchen after the meal or getting every putting all the throw pillows back in the right place and or even you're not even enjoying yourself because you didn't quite get everything done that you felt like you had to get done before everybody came over. That's a method of control. It is these things have to fall into place in a very specific way in order for me to be happy. So in that instant, how you feel is very indicative of if control is aiding in your fulfillment or if it's robbing your fulfillment. So in that scenario, it's highly likely that that pull or that desire to try to control the situation, it could even be controlling what everybody's talking about, even things like that. If there's this overwhelming control or pull to do so that is infringing on your actual happiness in the moment, that's the signal for, okay, I might need to let go a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus if you have a situation where, let's say, you you really want to have your hands in your own books, right? Like your own finances and organization of your finances and things like that. So for me, that's very, very important. For my QuickBooks and things like that, I like to control that and be in there because it makes me feel like a very solid, smart business owner. Sure. I like to know exactly what's happening with each quarter. I like to know what's coming in, what's being spent, if we're on budget, if we're making goals. I want to know that stuff. And that element of control doesn't cost me anything. It actually gives me fulfillment, right? As long as I can like allocate the time in my schedule and it's all good, which I may eventually hire a bookkeeper, I don't know. But that's a perfect example of that makes me feel good. So a lot of times it's going to be looking at the overall emotional response Because a lot of times when we're really holding on tightly to how something has to be, we don't feel the greatest. That's true. We're really frustrated with other people. Like we, how many times have we thrown parties and at the very end, at the very beginning of the party, right when we're done with all of the getting ready part, how awful am I? I'm like awful. I, usually a mess. I'm yeah. I'm like, honey, no, put the candle like this. Honey, no, cut the sandwiches like this. Honey, no, God. Ugh. And you're just, bless your heart, standing back like, okay, let's let this <laughs> banshee just get her shit out because as soon as she has a whiskey or two, she'll be fine. <laughs> but it's that moment when I am trying to make sure that the candles look perfect and all the prizes for the games are flawless that don't really matter, but they're causing me to feel horrible. Those are sort of some indications for you to look at your emotional response. Is this something that is alleviating my stress because I'm controlling or because I'm organized or astute or whatever? Sometimes that can very much be the case. It creates relief because you're so detail-oriented. And then there's other times when it causes more overwhelm or freak out or uncomfortable emotion, that is going to be up to you to dissect in each situation because it's our emotions are vacillating all the time. Right. We can't say, okay, you've got to stop controlling your husband, but in your workplace, it's always amazing. No, it's in 
each individual instant, you have to kind of grade and figure out if it's something you want to control or not. And again, this is something that I've had to learn very much for myself. And in fact, I have to give myself some credit because I'm not nearly as crazy. I was about- just going to say that, like, it's been a while since you've had that kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, manic kind of moment. That's right. When we have those parties. And I think there's a very real reason behind those moments. And I think that what is really happening, and this is kind of my second point here, is that usually we're afraid of something. And control is the method of kind of staving off our fears or staving off whatever we think could possibly happen. Hmm. A lot of times, you know, you'll see people like an extreme version of it are people who try to control their weight through excessive dieting and possibly, you know, anorexia, anorexia, bulimia, disordered eating. Sure. Oftentimes, it can be triggered by an area in your life where you don't feel in control. There's something you're afraid of. There's something that doesn't feel good for you. And your weight or what you can consume feels like something you can control. And then it kind of takes a very detrimental turn. Hmm. But it's all psychologically based. It's all something that we are thinking or feeling about ourselves. So in, in that scenario of a party... I just want everything to be gorgeous. I want people to have such a great time. I want everybody to connect. I want people to be impressed with my decorations and have just a huge blast. And then I get misconstrued and kind of tangled up in what will really do that. Because if my little sandwiches are cut in squares instead of triangles, it's not really going to make that much of a difference if people have a thrilling time or not. That's true. Right? That's true. It's the overall experience. That's right. That you're really looking for here. But I think that that can happen a lot of times in, like with spouses. Usually there's something that we are holding on to, you know, and why we are trying to control their behavior. With that kind of second point there, I would ask yourself in each situation, what is this really, really about? And is there some sort of fear underneath that? Is there something that you're actually scared of? Are you afraid of being accepted or not being accepted? Are you afraid of being seen in a way that you don't want to be seen? For instance, if you're at work, are you afraid of being seen as insubordinate or unorganized or incompetent or you don't follow through or something like that and you're so afraid that your team will make you look that way Mm -hmm. that you're trying to control all of their behavior in and out at a severe cost to your own sanity. Those are those examples of is there something that I'm genuinely afraid of and it's manifesting in the need to control. Because the idea that you don't want to be seen as incompetent is not a big deal. That's not a problem. Of course you don't want to be seen that way. Sure. However, your choice of behavior is very paramount here because we cannot control other people's behavior. In that sort of work scenario, we think, okay, I need to control everybody else to make it fit into my little world instead of allowing them to have responsibility for themselves and then you taking responsibility for yourself and doing what you need to do in that particular scenario. You got to take care of your own self. (laughs) You got to take care of your own self. (laughs) Worry about your own self. Worry about your own self. The third thing 
is to identify for yourself what are the rules that you have created about how things must be done. And I'm going to link to a podcast that we did a while back about all or nothing thinking. And this can be very, very similar to this need to control because there is a very definitive right or wrong way. Like it, if we are going to do this bake sale on Saturday, it has to be this specific way. We need these chairs. We need this sort of cake. We need this sort of that. We need these sort of tickets to sell. We need, and making it very, very specific and in a lot of ways, shit that doesn't matter and then causes you extreme amount of stress because you're so tied to how it has to be. That's a great gateway for you to start checking in and asking yourself, am I really holding on to how something has to be, has to look, has to operate for myself? Like, do I have to do specific things? And do I expect other people to do specific things in a specific way? Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. That's, yeah. It can definitely be both. You know, I think there oftentimes will be discomfort inside of a relationship or a marriage when you feel like the dishwasher needs to be loaded a very specific way. And your partner's like, they're all fucking getting washed. (laughs) Why does it matter? I mean, that's one thing that you and I kind of do slightly differently, but the need to redo it is dumb and futile and a waste of time. Waste of time. It doesn't help anything. So that's that's a great example. Now, if we're talking about something like not changing the oil in the car and then you are having all these car bills because routine maintenance isn't happening. I'm not talking about straight up negligence or doing the laundry and everything turns pink. I'm talking about the shit that we micromanage. Like redoing the dishwasher when it all is going to get done the same way. It's that kind of stuff that doesn't matter. It's the overall end result that you're holding on to the path to that result has to be a specific way. Okay, so let me ask this then. If someone is lining all the forks up. Okay. (laughs) And that makes them happy. Yeah. But it's still wasting time. How do you draw the line between the two? Well, I would say that if that is the compulsion, because I do think that this is worth underlying, there is likely some OCD happening there. There's likely something that is perhaps clinically stealing your joy that you might need to talk to a professional about. Because I will say this, most people, and I am absolutely not an authority on this, if you have a compulsion to, you know, knock on a door three times or put forks all lined up in a row, usually that is indicative of a far deeper issue of anxiety. Absolutely. Where you're in so much pain. I know what you're I know where you're getting at, but I do want to just throw that out there. Okay. Because I I think that there's a fine line between being extremely organized and then actually having a clinical diagnosis like OCD. Got it. And the yeah, treatments are sure. different. The there's treatments definitely. are different and what you do for it is different. My question is more along the lines of how do you tell the difference between if it's really something that creates happiness for you and makes things easier or if it's stealing your time 
Well, that's the thing is it might not always be about time. It could be about straight up enjoyment and fulfillment. And if that brought somebody extreme joy to organize in a specific way and your partner doesn't understand it or or wouldn't do it themselves, they might see it as a waste of time, but you might be like, oh my God, I love doing this. I'll give you a great example. I spend, I shit you not, three hours doing my own gel manicures. That's true. Okay. True statement. I spend three hours and I do them at my leisure. It is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> I will I'll put on an amazing documentary. I usually make myself a little whiskey ginger and then I just have this amazing time where it's for me so therapeutic. I love learning while I'm doing it. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to do. Now, you could look at that and be like, I cannot believe you spend three hours doing your nails. No, it sounds like a great time for you. <laughs> it sounds fantastic <laughs> for you. But that's a perfect example of that brings me so much joy. Right. I genuinely love to unplug in that way. Where I can tell is how I feel about it. Right now, there have been situations where I've had a mammoth amount of things to do and the manicure had to get cut. So holding on to all of the things on my agenda I see. is where I need to expand mm-hmm, and where mm-hmm. I need to relinquish a little bit of control. In those situations, I start looking at what do I need to take off of my plate? What can I push to a later date in order to create more peace right now? Yeah. Does that answer that question? Because Absolutely. I think it's really different for different people in different situations. And I think that what you're pointing to, which I think could be really important to under understand here, is there are going to be differences of opinion about how we spend our time from our friends and family. Like I, my best friend is like, I cannot believe you spend three hours doing your nails. Like that's yeah. ludicrous <laughs> to her. Three hours, she can write a whole fucking it's book. It's a long time. Right? Like it's... So it that's not it's not necessarily about time. It's about how you feel. If someone has control issues or thinks that they might be too controlling, how does one know? What how do you understand whether it is something that serves you or something that is taking from you? Not necessarily time-wise. I want to know like how do you know the difference between the two because your mind can play tricks on you and say, "Oh, this is totally worth your time." Sure. And again, I would point back to how do you feel? Right. Because the way I feel, for instance, doing the manicure or whatever, I feel awesome. However, when I am working on a website project and I know that I'm being ridiculous about how many inches are in between the white part from the bolded graphic and like when I'm being so nitpicky about that shit and then I get stressed and I'm like I don't have enough time and then you're like honey I think you like spend a little too much time on shit that doesn't matter in those moments I'm like and I'm pissed at you for saying that and then I but I know that that's true because I am wasting my time on shit that ultimately doesn't matter and I don't feel good right I'm not going like, oh, I love this at 3 a.m. when I'm nitpicking my website. I see. It all all comes down to how you feel. Right. Does that help? Yes, it does. I think, I just think from a audience perspective, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's easy. It's, It's someone who has some clarity on those issues 
like yourself, it's going to be a lot easier for you to distinguish between this is something that's really unplugging me and feels great and the anxiety and, you know, frustration that comes from your website, right? Mm -hmm. So someone who doesn't have that fine-tuned, your mind can play tricks on you and say, this is totally worth your time. Right. Even though you're hating life. Right. right? So that's what I'm trying to get at. Right. And and I can I've definitely been there too. Yeah. And it's it's what I like to call the cognitive override. And the cognitive override, like what you're typically telling yourself is, no, you have to do the site this way. You have to do the website this way. Uh-huh. You have to indent that and you have to get this perfect color and this perfect graphic and this perfect this and da 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 da. da. And how do I feel? Frustrated. So everything comes back to how you're feeling, right? A lot of it you have does. to really check in and pay attention. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Again, you can start looking, though, at what are the rules that you've created? Because, again, we'll make them about people in our lives. Like, this is what I really want my spouse to do or my kids to do or my parents to do. And then there's certain standards that we hold for ourselves. Like, oh, I cannot go outside of the house without makeup. Like, oh, I can control that. Really? Well, why? Well, because, well, because what are people going to think of me? And what? Da, 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 da. And it's like, well, how much easier would your life fucking be if you could just run to Trader Joe's without any makeup on? Like, would it? Do you see what I mean? So you have to start looking and asking yourself: Are there rules that I have created that are just kind of ridiculous? I used to have one around: I would never film a video for work without false lashes on. And it just, I felt like, okay, I want to be all put together and and look good for my business. And then I realized that is one of those things that ultimately doesn't matter. You don't look that different. Let it go. And that was a baby step for me. Mm -hmm. I think that you might start listening and looking for those opportunities that are baby steps for you. So if you don't feel comfortable having people over with your house being a mess, maybe try not being freaked out about all the candles being, you know, maybe that's the baby step is the candles or something else that you always stress yourself out. Maybe you always get the carpet shampooed. Maybe don't do just that, but clean the rest of the house. Looking at the little tiny things that you can let go of that don't really make a difference in the end result. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That's, that's the place to relinquish control. When it doesn't really influence the end result of what you are looking for. That's kind of what you can ask yourself. Does this affect the end result? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Number four. This is also another question that you can ask. What am I making up will happen if I don't control this? What am I making up will happen if I don't control this? Because a lot of times we're telling the future. We think if my ex doesn't do X, Y, or Z with my kid, my kid's going to end up screwed up mm-hmm. and they're going to end up with all these different thoughts and opinions. They won't, they won't know that about religion or he won't know about that. We make up this grandiose assumption about what is going to happen if we loosen up this little bit of control. That's very true. Right? Yeah. We make up this whole contrived story. Even that example of if I go out of the house without makeup on, we make up a whole story about what everybody else is going to think about us. We have no fucking clue. Guess what? They're probably just as preoccupied about their self, themselves. They, they're just trying to fucking get their Trader Joe's fruit and get on out. 
right? They're getting their JoJo's. And <laughs> most people. <laughs> They're not like, man, she really should have put on some fake lashes today. Right. Right. <laughs> but we make up this whole thing about it. I mean, even that example of me trying to control things on my website, which I have gotten so much better about. Yeah, you totally have. I'm just using anecdotal things that I really realized in my world were stifling my happiness. And as soon as I started baby stepping it, letting go of just this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing, I started breathing easier and I started realizing that those nuanced things don't matter that much. And all hell doesn't break loose. If you ask yourself this question, what am I making up will happen if I don't control this issue or that person? After you've come up with that answer, then ask yourself, is that true? Is it true that my kid's going to end up screwed up? Is it true that everyone's going to think I'm incompetent? Is it true that I'm going to lose my job? Is Hello? Chances are none of it's true. It's all speculative. It's a guessing game. And it's probably catastrophized. It's probably the worst possible case scenario, scenario, which is highly unlikely that it will ever happen. Another reason to just loosen up just a little bit, which then leads me to number five. Baby steps, like I had mentioned before. Decide where you tend to have those really stringent rules about how something has to be or what somebody else has to do and look at where you can lighten up a little bit. One tiny little baby step. Maybe it's a crazy thing that you asked an employee and you tend to micromanage them and you want the staple perfectly organized in the top left-hand corner and you need it in a specific – what if you just – didn't give all of that detail and you actually got the report anyway without the staple, without the, you know, like it's the shit that doesn't matter is what I'm saying. How many times do we obsess about the shit that doesn't really matter or that we can create more harmony if we actually let go of it a little bit? So what I mean by that is, let's say you're really at odds with your ex about raising your kid. And there are certain things that I absolutely think you do need to do battle about. But then I think there's other things that are probably you want to control because you're still mad at that person and you want to fucking win. Mm-hmm. You want to win. You want it your way. You want to show them that they're an asshat and you want to rub it in their face in some way. So you pick a fight or you try to stand up for something that ultimately doesn't matter that much. Yeah. Like how late they stay out when they're always out late but you just want to throw a tamper tantrum. It's that kind of stuff where you can let go of the control a little bit. And I'm not saying that's going to be overnight and that's going to be easy. I'm just saying start looking at it now so you can look at when is that need to control harming me. Because guaranteed, you're walking away from that interaction pissed, irritated, mad at your ex, wanting to go drink a little too much or talk to your sister about what an asshat you married back in the day. Guess who feels shitty? You. You do. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he's a genius or that he did everything right or she did everything right. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying, are the battles you are fighting worth it? That's what I'm asking you to Mm. look at. If I'm going to hold so strongly for this, let's make it matter. Yeah, absolutely. Let's make it an important thing. Number six, I want you to start looking at what are your go-to 
triggers or controlling behaviors. Is it an example like that? Your teen at work. Is it an example like the ex? That's where you tend to get really triggered and get like, oh, no, it has to be this way. Is it domestic stuff? How the house looks? Is it related to organizational things? Do you have things, circumstances, or people where you gravitate towards trying to control? And just start identifying what is it that kind of kicks it into gear? What's the domino effect? Is it what somebody says? Is it how you may be perceived? Is it a fear? And just start excavating that a little bit, digging a little bit deeper and looking at your role in the matter. Am I, through my behavior, actually contributing to my suffering instead of my fulfillment? That's a great statement or question to ask yourself for sure. And just start looking at it a little bit and going, wait a minute. Okay, I've always just thought that my mom was just so stupid about the dumb pudding at Christmas. I don't know. People make figgy pudding. Is that a thing? Figgy? (laughs) Figgy pudding. Bring me some figgy pudding. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what came up for me. I don't know if I've ever had figgy pudding. I don't think so either. It doesn't sound... I have sang about it. I have sang about it plenty of times. (laughs) White people be like... (laughs) But it does not sound appetizing, actually. I'm assuming it's made with figs. I I don't know. I'm going out on a limb. But figgy is a bad word. I don't like the word figgy. It's a horrible word. It's like moist. Oh, God. Anyway, Especially how you just said that. We digress. The 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 way you like cricked your neck just Moist. now. All right. So what are your go-to <laughs> controlling behaviors? Oh my god, figgy pudding. Okay. So if you <laughs> if you're so consumed with why your mom never brings the right figgy pudding to to Christmas, <laughs> and oh, oh, I wish she wouldn't do this. What if it just didn't matter? What if you stop trying to control what she made or tr- stop trying to control everything that happened and just allowed a little bit of wiggle room there? You can't control the figgy pudding. You cannot control the figgy fucking pudding. <laughs> I don't know. The shit I come up with sometimes, I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love the obscurity of it. Uh, anyway. All right. And then finally, number seven Is there a go-to healthy behavior that you could start to employ to bring comfort to yourself? Remember when I was saying a lot of times our need to control will be fueled by some kind of fear or something we're scared about. We don't want to be seen in a specific light. And a lot of times that control, I mean, even similar to what we were talking about with eating disorders, the need to control that is an element of bringing yourself comfort, bringing yourself peace. Maybe here then I'll feel happy if I can just be this size or whatever it happens to be. Controlling something in an extreme scenario, we're just trying to feel safe. We're trying to feel in charge. We're trying to comfort ourselves. If you leave an interaction with your ex or with your employees or your boss and you feel out of control, we tend to go to detrimental behaviors. We tend to overdrink or overeat or binge out on Facebook. Something we can control. But we tend to comfort ourselves with things that are not ultimately healthy for us, are not in our greatest good. Now, you know I love me a good whiskey or I will knock out some ice cream like Ben and Jerry be like, what? (laughs) So I'm not, I'm just talking about if you are always doing that, if you're never comforting yourself with healthy 
behaviors, if you aren't clear what you're doing, if you don't have awareness around, I'm needing comfort, so I am choosing a burger and fries. I need comfort, so I'm choosing yoga, or I'm choosing to journal, or I'm choosing to call a friend, invent it out. You get to decide how you channel that pull to control a scenario or feeling out of control. Keep a go-to list of healthy ways to comfort yourself that are equally as easy to access as food and drink and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a great option. Like coloring or even just uh, human touch, like massage, what you do, or asking you. I've had a couple of times where I'm like, can you just rub my back? Like, will you just rub my back? Yeah. I need touch and I just – just hold me close hmm. to comfort, like as a feeling of comfort if there's something that feels out of control in my life, right? So, Of in course I will. Thanks, baby. Instead <laughs> of going to the compulsion to control, which is usually micromanaging people, you know, all of those sorts of sure, things. Sure, sure. I'm really hoping that this is helpful for you guys to just kind of unlock maybe what some of your go-to controls are and looking at what some of those baby steps could be to let go of that a little bit. That's Any, awesome. Anything else you wanted to add about control? No, I don't think so. Cool. Otherwise, I'd be more controlling. <laughs> Thank you for popping in with the the audience point of view. Yeah, I really no, absolutely. Appreciate Thanks that. for addressing it. Of course. And I think that's everything. So we'll see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.